Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Sherry Barch is joining me today. Sherry is the CEO of two Forbes ranks, top executive search firms, and leadership consulting companies. An expert in the areas of leadership, team development, and diversity, her forward-thinking approach to work was recognized when she was chosen to participate in the Alt-MBA program designed and led by leadership guru, Seth Gooden. So why is Sherry on my show today? Sherry's new book, Heaven's Bell, offers a way for people to talk about death, grief, and has a special way to share memories and keep them alive. It was written for teens, but is enjoyed for people of all ages. Ring to Remember, the partner journal to the book, was just released on Father's Day with a special sign from above. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Amy. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for everybody who has supported the podcast. So there's so many ways you can support the podcast and the work that I'm doing. One, you can spread the word about the podcast. So share the podcast with someone you know, repost my anything on social media. If you are a therapist listening to the podcast and you have a client who you think would benefit, share it with them. This podcast has grown completely organically. I've never done advertising. I've never done anything to boost the podcast. It is all because of you all sharing the podcast. And we are coming up on a million downloads, which is amazing. Other ways that you can support the podcast is through Patreon. So if you would like to become a patron, you can go to Patreon, put in Dr. Amy Robbins. You can find different tiers to support the podcast at the $5, 10 or $20 level or any other denomination. And my $20 supporters do get once quarterly Zoom calls with me. They've been fabulous. For a while, I was doing them for all the supporters, but now I am closing that down to just the $20 a month supporters. I really want to honor those who are really committed to supporting the podcast. So thank you so much. And I just want to point out what a difference this makes for me. The podcast is just supported by me. Uh, I don't have advertisers yet, although I would love some. I don't have sponsors, although that would be great. So right now the, the podcast is supported by you all. And I'm so grateful if you benefit from the podcast, if your life has shifted or changed as a result of the podcast, please help me continue to help you have on these great guests. Also follow me on Instagram, Dr. Amy Robbins. I love hearing from my listeners, trying to do my best to be quick to respond. And lastly, rate, review, and subscribe. That is super important. Um, Podcasts show up in people's algorithms is by other people subscribing and rating and reviews being higher. I also love reading the reviews so you can rate the podcast, but you can also review the podcast. Thank you all for all of your support, for all of your love, for all of your helping to collectively raise the consciousness of this planet. I am so incredibly grateful. What an interesting juxtaposition. I'm sure as I was reading your bio, my listeners were probably thinking, okay, she's going to be talking about self-development and how to, you know, grow or whatever it might be, how to grow on the team. But this is a totally different side to what you normally do. So how did this come about for you? Well, I think, I think what it comes down to is difficult conversations. 
And I think whether you're leading a, a family system or a business or enterprise system, there is a lot of skills that are similar. And I think for me, um, I spent my degrees inside of communication and a personal communication, business communication. And I think we shy away from those really difficult conversations. And so for me, when I think about death and dying, I know I, for one, um, really struggle with it and still do today. But this was my way of being able to create almost an icebreaker for a conversation that most people really just want to avoid, even though they're trying very hard to do the right thing and say the right thing. Um, most of the time, we just want to flip an envelope out the car window and keep driving by because they really don't want to talk about death and dying. How did you just decide that you were going to gear it towards sort of this middle age, not middle age, middle, middle school age uh, well, I think population? Yeah, you know, I, well, I told the story three times. Um, when it really mattered. I always talked about the story to my friends and family and I've got this idea and here's something that I always thought about growing up. But when I did tell the story meaningful, meaningfully when um, I uh, had a young, uh, a friend's young daughter, her um, father died. And so I told her the story and it was, it was really impactful for her. Mm-hmm. And so I had told it to my nieces and then I told it to someone who had grandchildren and then they retold the story. And what I realized is it was impactful at that age. What I've found since then is that a lot of people are asking me why I'm labeling it as a children's book, because it's a story. It's a tale. It's a, it's really a fable that I think everybody could use. And so it's, it's kind of fun to hear people argue whether or not it's a it's a children's story or an early teen story or an adult story but I think it it's um it's for all audiences so I had my early success with with telling uh at that level that okay got it so it's really a story about friendship and about love that lasts beyond the physical body yeah, I'm really curious. I was reading it last night, how you kind of came up with the the concepts that you did and tell us a little about it, because there's this concept of the heaven's bell and the reunion that happens and almost this notion of souls kind of coming and going in and out of heaven, even yeah. when they're still embodied. Um, so where did you as a leadership and team development coach, CEO, come to know these concepts, come to be curious about them, maybe even explore, research them. Yes. And you just hit the word curious. You know, part of what I believe in to be a strong uh, leader and uh, to be just a, a, a human, right? It's all about curiosity. And I think sometimes we don't have the capacity to to hold a space or take a step back and be curious about things we don't know about. And and then our creativity and our opportunity to explore with others that might be grieving right along with us. Everybody grieves differently, Mm -hmm. but to be able to just ask a creative question or think about what what do you think heaven looks like? Um, So what I did is just took a shot at a very concrete Outer space is is what uh, when Cody goes to heaven. That's what you know they're they're describing it as, 
And some of my readers have said, what I love about it, right, wrong, or indifferent, is like I could picture where Cody was in heaven just based on your description. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's, it's, it's just exploring your own, create, your own instincts and, and creativeness and, and being curious about what that might be and to explore that in a way that is kind to yourself and maybe not sad. If I, if I can choose to be sad, maybe I can choose to be a little more joyful and add that to my grief journey. So it's just a way to be able to say, be curious. So did you research any of these concepts or did they just sort of come out of your own? They came out. I researched a little bit more on, you know, how children might look at death and dying a little differently depending on their age. And so I have a letter to the parents and then I have some thoughts um, um, just about how maybe you might as a parent or as an adult watch a child um, process. So sometimes if, if a child's looking at his or her phone, that doesn't mean that they're not interested. It's just maybe a safe place for them to be. Mm-hmm. I kind of wove some of those things into the story. But other than that, no, it was, it was truly just my imagination and the story that I had been carrying around with me. And I do believe that there are messages. So inside the the story, there is a message from Cody to Ashley. Um, she um, dreams about him. And then she continues to tell the story of Heaven's Bell and her long life here on Heaven. While the reader also gets to experience kind of that parallel universe of Cody in Heaven. Mm-hmm. And we can bounce back and forth between the two of them. So tell us a bit about this concept of this bell. So the, so the concept of the bell, ever since I was a little girl, I believed that when someone died and went to heaven, that bells were hung in heaven. And in this particular story of heaven's bell, there's one bell that's hung. And that bell has a special sound every time you think about your loved one. And they know your sound and it's beautiful. And they know when you're thinking of them here on earth. Mm. I also think that there's a a bell hanging ceremony and there are people in heaven that are excited that you're there. Um, They've already caught up with you. They know your life. They, they know everything that's happened. So it's almost like when you meet an old friend that you haven't seen for a while, you just don't miss a beat. You Mm -hmm. just move on. So there's no catching up and, and there's a big celebration and generations of people are there. There's people that you may have lived with when you were in on earth. But then there are also people that you, the loved ones that you lived with while you were on earth get to introduce you to because you never had the opportunity to meet them when you were on earth because they had already gone to heaven. So mm. there's just these generational opportunities to be able to explore memories and, and um, just, you know, love even more people that are waiting for you in heaven. So I tried very hard to make it a wonderfully creative and and rich opportunity to get curious in a conversation here on earth that sometimes people think could be pretty difficult. Well, and I really appreciated this notion, which in a lot of the near-death experience research, we know that our loved ones are there waiting for us, that there is this sort of reunion, as you call it. Yes. And that it's not just those, those who we knew who have just passed but those who we might have never met before. Right. And, and that's something to be 
for me anyways, as a child, I thought, okay, they're going to, they're okay. They're being taken care of. They're being loved. Everything's fine. And I can go on and live my hopefully long, healthy life. And while I miss them, I know they're okay. Mm-hmm. What has been the response you've gotten from this? Cause I know that you wrote it during COVID. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, so many people were really struggling with loss and grief during that time. And particularly how we talk to our kids about yes. loss and grief. Yes. Uh, and so I'm just curious, you know, it's, it's such a tender age, but yet it's so important that we're addressing death. Right. I've, I've had so much feedback, and, and I'll be really honest, in areas that I didn't even think about when I was writing the book. So to hear someone say, I like how you looked at 8 to 12-year-old, you know, just kind of, because it's two 11-year-old best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, tell um, us a little bit about that, a little bit more about that. So it's two 11-year-old best friends, Cody and Ashley, and um, Cody dies pretty early in the the story and goes to outer space, and Ashley lives a long, healthy life, like I said, on Earth, and it, it goes back and forth between the two, but it, it there's so many things in here that I, in the story that I want people to be able to um, touch and hang on to and talk about, and that's what I was trying to say by making it a, a rich story, but I also believe Everybody has their own heaven's bell story and multiple heaven's bell stories. So how can we create a safe place for people to talk about memories of loved ones that maybe were painful for them when they passed? And one of my readers said, you know, if you think about that age of eight to 12, at least for me, that's when I started to experience death for the first time. Mm -hmm. I lost my grandmother. I lost my, my great uncle. And she said, or I lost an elderly neighbor. And she said, What's, what's interesting is depending on how your parents or people around you handled it, you know, sometimes people shielded me. He, she goes, I didn't go to the funeral mm-hmm. because, you know, I didn't, my parents didn't want to have me suffer through that, but there really wasn't closure. So by reading Heaven's Bell, all of a sudden, I'm starting to think about people that I hadn't thought about since I was 10 years old. So, I mean, that, that to me wasn't even, you know, I, I guess I didn't even go there to think about maybe there might be some repressed memories or some repressed healing that needed to take place. So it was just, it was amazing to be able to get that kind of feedback. And I think there's close to 70 Amazon reviews on this book that are all five star and people started to pour out memories. Mm. So what I didn't get was, oh my goodness, this is an amazing story. What I got immediately was, I read it. I didn't even realize it. I was reading it on my mother's birthday. And all of a sudden, these, these, I've never been good talking about my emotions. And I started thinking about memories and wanting to share the memories of my mother mm. through the story mm-hmm. because it gave me a place that I could, I could mentally um, identify and talk about what she might be doing up there in the, in the great hall, for example. Can you tell the story of your, uh, the journal coming out and what happened with that? Yeah. So that was part of it. I mean, I, I was interviewed by a a television reporter who read the book and when the interview was over, all she wanted to do was tell me about how her father, who's still living, talks about her grandfather who is no longer is, is in heaven. And every time they make meatballs, her, her father talks about, her grandfather, who she never met. 
Mm-hmm. And so what I so did. that bell is ringing like crazy. Yes. Which yes. I love because usually we think about it the other way. We think about <laughs> thinking about our loved ones, but not that they know that we're thinking about. Yes. Them. Yes. And the first time I told the story, because she was a little bit younger, which you can tell this story, you can, it, it, again, I think it's, it's ageless because you can, even, I told a first grader, the very first time I told the story, I told a first grader, even though this was geared more towards that middle school. But what I also did because she was so young and sometimes death is a hard concept at that age is I gave her a bell. And mm-hmm. she was having some nightmares about her dad and, and she was scared. I, you know, I, she was maybe being visited by her dad. And so um, I gave her a bell to hang on her bedpost. And from that point on, she was able to think about him. And that bell was a reminder here on earth, mm-hmm. you know, so even just to be able to give the book and, and give a bell, um, I just think it's a tool. It's a tool to be able to process in your own unique way that, that grief. Hi, everybody. I have a new offering that a few of you have taken advantage of so far, and it is a spiritual consultation. So, so many of you had reached out to me with like questions or wanting to know how to open up more, wanting to know, you know, what you should do in this area of your life or that area of your life that I thought I would just try to offer a new way to connect with me. So these are spiritual consultations. They can be 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. And in that time, we talk about kind of what questions you have, whether it's about opening up more spiritually, whether it's about something in your life. And we really kind of come to an understanding and a conclusion about what the next steps you need to take to achieve that are. Again, this is new to me. I've done a few of them. They are phenomenal. I am so enjoying them. It is not a therapy session. Be clear. It is not a therapy session. It is not a medium reading. It is somewhere in between. We incorporate meditation and intuition and manifestation and intention and all of this in like a very brief period of time, but it has been extremely powerful. And the people that have done it have walked away feeling like they really had something tangible that they could carry with them and help them move their life forward. So if this is something you're interested in, please reach out to me. I don't have a lot of spots for them. So I'm only doing maybe one or two a month but keeping a wait list for those who are interested. So you can find that on my website, dramyrobbins.com, and you can go on there and click on spiritual consultation. I will get you scheduled. It might be a month or two out, but I am trying to get everybody who's interested in. So go ahead and check that out. If you have any questions, just email me about it through the website as well. Sorry, I derailed us a little bit. That's okay. We were talking about the sign that you got about your journal. You were talking about the TV. Yes. And so they were, they were, um, she, what was happening is people were pouring out their memories, which is what I started to see on the Amazon reviews. And as I was paying attention to some of the feedback and some of the places where people said that they went, I realized that there's, there's some room in the back of Heaven's Bell to be able to write. Um, So here's the Heaven's Bell. And then Mm -hmm. there's some journal pages in the back. But what I thought is, what if we could keep the conversation going? What if, what, what if we could take that creativity and maybe what Heaven's Bell is prompting and then be able to have conversations? My father-in-law died uh, four years ago, and I, my um, father figure died earlier this year. 
And um, so I put out a ring to remember journal mm-hmm. and I dedicated it to uh, my two fathers. And um, when I put it on Amazon, I did it wrong because I thought it was a low con- low content, but it isn't because there's tons of prompts in here and places for people to draw and create. And so Amazon spit it back at me and I fixed it and put it back on and it dropped on Father's Day. Mm. So I came down and checked on Father's Day and there it was. And I thought, I, I hear you. I hear both of you up there. Thank you. And um, it was, it's such a huge gift to me that that's when it dropped. So I think it's complete for me in my, in my kind of creative journey that I've got both of these pieces that can come together and help a family create, um, I don't know, just create a space to be able to heal. Mm-hmm. And the questions aren't like, how are you feeling on a scale of one to 10? Or, you know, they're questions that are, um, I don't know, creative, whimsical, maybe just maybe safe. Like, what's the first thing you're going to ask your loved one when you see them in heaven? Mm. And what's the first thing you think they're going to ask you? And then other things like, Did your loved one have a nickname for you? And what's the story behind that nickname? Because I also feel like it could be a place where a family could journal together or everybody could have their own journals. But what if this is an opportunity to almost create vantage points of memories? Mm -hmm. You and I might go through the same experience and hold different nuggets Mm -hmm. of memories and love. and, And so, you know, it's like sometimes when a child wants to hear, tell me more about what I was like as a child. Right. You know, so now all of a sudden you've got all these different places where- I could barely even keep it together for them then. I think yes. maybe there's only one real complete baby book. <laughs> oh yeah, right. So I think this is a way to be able to go to a place and honor. Um, but I think the story, you could, the journal doesn't, you don't have to have the Heaven Spell book to to- to experience the journal in a way that I think is meaningful. The two combine, I, I picture, I picture on top of a casserole and going to a family or, Mm -hmm. you know, with some colored pencils and some bottles of water and just a place for that family to maybe reflect safely. So how has this informed or shifted how you work as a CEO? Because companies are not really great at dealing with death. And that might be the understatement of, you know, the year. Yes. Well, I think, I think it is about leaning in. I think it is about not shying away from difficult conversations. And, you know, I believe that we have a couple tools we can use when we are delivered some challenges that maybe we don't expect both as again a leader of a organizational system or a family system so for me um, the first thing I realize as a leader is I don't have to have all the answers I just need to be able to create space Mm -hmm. and I need to be curious Mm -hmm. so I have a tendency just to genuinely be curious about their loved one and who they were and what what's happening in their world right now. And also just creating space because sometimes it's hard to process and get right back in the saddle, even though you think that that's what is the best thing to do and it's a safe place. It isn't. So it really is creating space for that healing and realizing that it's going to show up in different ways and it might not show up right away. And then I think the second thing is, is are are those courageous conversations? You know, I think that curiosity um, if you can lead with that, I think those conversations don't even have to be that courageous anymore. 
So can you come into the living room? Can you come into the workplace? And can you just be and help that individual process and, and be there for them, however they're going to show up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has this shifted the way employees interact with you around this, around death? I think, I think I'm safe. I think because I'm curious, I think it's safe for them to talk about their, their loss. So if something's going on or it's a hard day today, or if I say, how are you doing today? They're going to, they answer genuinely. They don't go, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Mm-hmm. Well, see, it's a tough day today. You know, it was my birthday and it was the first birthday that my mom was in here with me. So that was hard. Mm-hmm. And then I might say, what's the hardest part about that? Not, oh yeah, I know when I lost my mom, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really about staying curious and it's easy to do. I mean, that's that's part of what I do for a living, right? As an executive search consultant and um, kind of a geek around leadership, but there, it, it is about the right questions, not necessarily having all the answers. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think when you say, what is that like? What has that been like for you? Yes. Right. You don't cut off the conversation. And I think when someone says, oh, yeah, I know that was blah, blah, blah. You know, when my mom died, there's something there's something about the connection that that creates. Right. But I think it also shuts down the conversation sometimes because we can't tolerate our own feelings around it. Or maybe we have unresolved feelings around our loved one's death. And so we jump in with you must be feeling the same way I am. Yep. Uh, Let me try to create that commonality versus be okay and courageous just mm-hmm. to hold still. Mm-hmm. I think it's also okay to show emotions. You know, I, I cry right along with them or if they're upset and there's thing or they're laughing or they want to tell a story, but they don't feel like, you know, I feel like maybe I shouldn't be giggling, but I keep thinking about my mom and this memory, it, you know, it's, it's been great. Plus, plus writing the book. So now mm-hmm. that I, I wrote the book and put that, out in the, in the world. Um, you know, I hired a book coach. I just knew I needed to get the story out there. I felt it needed to be read and it needed to be seen. So, I mean, I'm, I'm also modeling behavior, hopefully where, you know, let's remove barriers. Let's get out of our own way and let's, let's get things done, especially if they're your gifts and you want to share them with people. Mm -hmm. Can we do a quick speed round? Sure. Okay. I'm a little nervous, but okay. No, it's, <laughs> these are not meant to be like stumper questions. Okay, they're, good, they're just good, right. not at all. Spirituality means. Being kind and generous and thinking positively. What is something most people don't know about you? I'm a softie. What is one thing you're looking forward to right now? Feedback on my journal and whether or not it continues to help people in their healing journey. What is one thing you're deeply grateful for? My family. What book are you reading? Heaven's Bell. (laughs) That's cheating. (laughs) Uh, Think Again by Adam Grant. Ah, okay. What is your favorite spiritual or healing practice? Alone time. Mm. 
alone time, just yeah. being able to have just no thought, just no problem solving. So I'm, I'm going to just say quiet alone time. That's been a big shift for me recently. I'm really trying to take more of that space where I can allow for creativity to sort of come up. And clarity. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes things that are overwhelming with just a little bit of space, it, there it is. Why am I making this so difficult? What is the most transformative experience of your life or what has been? I, I, I have, I have three sons and two of my sons within the same year were diagnosed with type one diabetes. You said that in the book. I was like, yes. And so I think that from a challenge standpoint, and I think uh, if that's what we're talking about, I mean, you know, obviously the birth of children and, but I, I would say that that was, that was, uh, we were immediately put into a different reality and as a family unit, um, we had to show great love and kindness and resiliency. And um, I, I think we're better for it. Mm-hmm. Once I moved from being angry at diabetes and um, grateful for insulin, I think we were well on our way. Mm-hmm. And they were young when they were diagnosed? Seven, first grade, and then uh, 11 and fifth grade at the, within that same year. And with no family history, they caught a virus and it was just an autoimmune reaction. So we had no idea what we were doing with the first diagnoses, but then by the second one, we were much better prepared, but it still was, still was very transformative in our family. Both of them had the same virus that triggered them? Well, what it is, is they had an autoimmune reaction to a virus. Mm -hmm. So I think genetically, they were probably, you know, just both of them were predisposed. Um, Mm -hmm. My oldest does not have type one. um, So we'll see. And how old are they now? They are now 20, 23. And then my oldest is 26. Okay. And they're doing well. They are doing very well. Good. Good. Yes. Well, Sherry, can you share where people can find you if they're interested in learning more about your work, maybe even executive leadership coaching, sure, maybe well, just the book? Yeah, so I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can find me at Sherry Barch uh, on LinkedIn. And then the books are for sale on Amazon. Just type in Heaven's Bell and find it there. Or I have a website, which is www.heavensbell.com. And I think... I often get asked about what's a good book for different ages. And I think this is a really, it's almost, it reminded me a little of, what was that book that was really popular years ago that was made into a movie about the two teenagers and one of them dies under stars or something about the stars or something. Beneath the stars or something. Yeah. Yes. 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 So now it's, it's sad, but only for a minute. The majority of the book is, is we're, you know, Cody dies here on earth, but Cody doesn't go away in the story. So once right. people have the courage to read the book, what I hear when they're done is I feel, I feel joy and I feel able to remember my mom or my mm-hmm. sister in a way that doesn't make me sad anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping. Well, thank you, Sherry. I am sure there are listeners who will check it out, check it out for their loved ones. And thank you so much for your time today and for this beautiful, really heartwarming story. 
Thank you, Amy. And I appreciate your support and congratulations on your successful podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.